This episode, like every episode of Off the Rack, was recorded before a live audience at Comic Pop on YouTube. Join the conversation by subscribing to youtube.com slash comic pop or comic pop returns on YouTube. And now, on with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Off the Rack. I'm Sal. And I'm Tiffany. Comic book review show where we take the books from the past week, recap them, review them, tell you what we thought about them, and then give you recommendations for comics that are coming out this week we think you should pick up. Uh, of course, this show is sponsored by viewers like you. If you're watching this show live, congratulations. You are a sponsor today's episode. All you got to do to sponsor today's episode is use the Super Chats. Ask a question or comment. We'll read it here on the program. If you don't want to do that or you can't for some reason, you can always help us out by going to patreon.com slash comic pop and supporting us there more directly. Or uh, if you have... No scratch to give. Totally understandable. No big deal. All you got to do to help us out is give this video a like and subscribe, of course, to this channel and go over to youtube.com slash comic pop, our parent channel, uh, which is really hard. It's funny to say, but like really it's just the other channel we, we own. And there's there's no hierarchy here, uh, but you can go over there and sub there too. Helps us out in every way. Uh, Brian Rollins, for example, says, uh, I was surprised with Amazing Fantasy number one. I thought it was really fun. Love off the rack and all the comp does. Well, thank you, Brian. We love you too. We've uh, really appreciated all of your years of support and uh, you know being here and helping us out. Uh, yes, Tiffany, you have some thoughts on Amazing Fantasy number one because you read it and you saw it and you recommended it from last week's episode. I did. So what's the deal with this book? Who made it? And... Uh, why is the cover so rad? Uh, you, the cover is so rad because it's harkening back to old, like, you know, sword and sorcery style um, imagery. Yeah. Which we're going to see a lot of in coming covers. Like there's one with Black Widow in the future. There's oh. like a Frazetta. Uh, it's a Frazetta cover, but, you know. But with, not by him. Her instead <laughs> on it. Um, this is uh, created by Kari Andrews. Oh, cool. Writer artists there's a whole bunch of different styles in this yes. uh, and it features uh, at least this issue features captain america spider-man and black widow okay um each from different time periods okay um and presumably each being brought to a strange but fantastical mm-hmm. land uh, um so that's the theme yeah 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 but you got like spider-man like during a time in which like gwen stacy's still alive Right? college yeah and they're talking about how we've like like someone mentions like we bear uh barricaded cuba and it's like okay put together when that might be okay all and right you get black widow when she was still training neat um in the red room and such and then you have a uh, cap during world war ii awesome um each of them has a perilous moment and then they <laughs> awaken in this new world okay um are they in the same world at the same time? Presumably, yes. Oh. Yes, we haven't really seen that necessarily, like any sort of crossover yet. We've just seen each of them, but the the art all matches up when we get to that new world because it's like for the cap um, part of the, like the book in the beginning. It has like an old like, kind of pulp feel. Yes, it does. It. Like, yeah, you know that the very specific newsprint style printing on it. Sure. Uh, Natasha's story is a little more like. Uh, Storyish in a way, yeah, storybook. Like. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's got a more neat. illustrative quality. Yeah, but the art's great. It is across uh, the board. And then even the Spider-Man art, even though it's very similar to the book that uh, as the rest of the book, it has like more of a colorful, like dynamic feel to it. So gotcha. It's like, That's kind of cool. And then when everybody gets there, it all kind of matches up. So I, presumably, I think they all just are in the same place. Neat. Um, with like not a lot of explanation right now. Okay. Um, it's Fine. funny because Cap, not knowing how long he's been there, um, could have been quite a bit. But like by the time we see him later on, he has but a like loincloth of his like of scale. his uniform. Like yeah, I'm like that's kind of funny and it looks dope. 
Yeah. Um, He's got a big beard. Yeah, there is a bit of a like a reveal at the end of this issue. Oh. Um, like for example, Spider-Man when he arrives in this world ends up um in a like Looney Tunes esque scenario where he is in like a cauldron. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I see. Being yes. prepared as soup naturally by these like fish people. Oh no! He's like, okay, <laughs> right, sure. And then like bird people show up, and he's like, I have to appreciate the fact that like it's bird people and and fish, fish people. people, yeah, or uh, no, not, not fish. Sorry, lizard people trying to eat a spider. Right. Um, but like he also mentions the fact that like he he wants to laugh at this and he should be able to, but like he's kind of scared. Right. It's like terrifying. Well, everyone's at a uh, earlier point in their careers during this issue. Yeah. No. For sure. For sure. Um, when he gets back to like the the bird people's camp because they mm-hmm. take him, one of the bird people removes their head, which is just a helmet, and uh... reveals like a, a beautiful woman, and he's just like, wow. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And this is Spider-Man, obviously, who's not really involved with anybody. Like, maybe with Gwen. Maybe. At this point, depending. You know what I mean? But, like, maybe not seriously. Right. But then, like, there's someone who, like, wants to talk to him, and then they're excited to see him. And the reveal at the end of the issue is that Uncle Ben is here. What? Okay. And, like, he's kind of the leader of this tribe. And, like, oh. it's a really, like, tender moment together. And, wow. like, Uncle Ben's like, yeah, like, we're dead, man. Oh, <laughs> i see he didn't make it like goblin like launched some pumpkin bombs and he didn't make it and, okay like, widow like was tested by one of her instructors and it turned out to be a test that she didn't know mm-hmm. like he said like i'll try i'll get you out of here and it turned out that was a test of her loyalty and so he shot her oh and cap died in a in a um like they were all the fleet was headed somewhere the boat got bombed mm-hmm. and he perished in that okay presumably cool. presumably i don't know sure they so, didn't yeah. fantasy uh number one of five so it's a five issue uh limited series here written by kari andrews and drawn by kari andrews it's a lot of fun very different um gave me kind of like a 1602 ish vibe mm. in that way where it's like you know hey characters you know but like oh what's going on kind of thing sure interested to see more from this um and if nothing else these covers are so great yeah they're so great so yeah it'll be a great print one day yeah hopefully who did the covers you know um oh i think kari did really yeah wow let's find out yep that's awesome. <laughs> uh, Dan V900 says, I want, I liked Superman, but I wanted to love it. It felt like something was missing for me. And the idea of John being a cure was a bit much at the end. Fair enough. Good review. Thanks a lot. He also mentions, I agree with the others to say the Beta Ray Bill was the future collection will be a great gift. Like Superman smashes the clan, Batman universe, old man, Hawkeye and Superman up in the sky. So good. Yes. Uh, Beta Ray Bill number five came out last week. It was of course written and drawn by Daniel Warren Johnson with art by, with color art by Mike Spicer. Uh, the art was, of course, spectacular. The story was fun. It's a five-issue mini. Uh, I saw a sad tweet, more or less, from uh, a fan who said, you think we're going to get a sequel to this? And uh, D-Dub said, I doubt it. Aww. So I'm guessing the sales weren't great. Uh, despite our praising of this series and our uh, suggestions to you to put it on your poll list, um, maybe it could get second life in the trade slash hardcover 
world. Mm -hmm. And so my my vain hope is that Vader Ray Bill will be re-released as a beautiful oversized hardcover and that everyone buys the damn well, maybe thing. Maybe what he means is that like he doesn't have another story for these characters and he wants to work on something else. And that could be. That'd be very uh that'd be very charitable. And I hope uh that's the case because I'd like to see more, not only just from D dubs himself, but also of his Vader Ray Bill. Uh, which, of course, is heavily rooted in uh, the uh, interests and fandoms of his own time. Mm. It's exciting. Uh, but yeah, Vader Ray Bill number five, it was great. Um, Bill versus Surtur. Uh, you know, what becomes of Scuttlebutt, Pip, and more, and company? Uh, I guess you'll have to buy the book to find out. Oh. But I will say, um, you know, heroes are victorious and villains are vanquished that's right. that's all I'll put it for that and there's a nice letter in the back and there is and this is like this is kind of the fun another fun little addition is that uh this is the first published appearance of comic pop in a marvel comic book it's not like that and don't thank daniel because he didn't do it it was actually a fan who wrote a letter in the letters page of issue number five uh where they cited the interview that we had with uh, Daniel Warren Johnson. Yes. Where, uh, and I don't know whether it was the, uh, the brief one he had on this show where we talk about and hype up Beta Ray Bill or whether it was the one that you conducted from Elseworlds Exchange, our other podcast where we do live here on this channel, mm -hmm. uh, where you talked to him at length and he uh, teased. It must be. I think it's the other one. I think it, I think it's yours. I think Not it's really? the big one because that's a, uh, that was a very substantive interview. And uh, a lot was learned. Right, right, right. I thought it was interesting. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh CVR the Bard? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's not our bard. It's not our bard? Well, it is our bard. Yes, because they referenced us. But that was so nice. If you if you want to uh pick it up for no other reason than get the first published appearance of Comic Pop. You can't say like that. Some intern to write our name into this thing. They had a yeah, they had a copy and paste that letter. That's right. That's right. They did. In there. Yeah. They could have not. They could have not included it. I think they have to. No, no, no. Well, they don't have to include the letter. I'm saying oh, they could have yeah, yeah, they yeah. picked another letter. That's true. Raj Patel, I won't lie. I loved issue one of Taylor Superman. He has made a career of making commercially bankrupt ideas gold. Is also uh, this is also the first I've loved John's presence since Super Sons. Um, fair enough. We are going to talk about the first uh, Superman from Tom Taylor, or at least issue number one of Superman from Tom Taylor uh, in a little bit. But before we do, we got so many other books to get through. And by yeah. get through, I mean talk about. Because like, it's not that we have to. We get to. Mm -hmm. Tiffany. We get to talk about these books. That's right. For example, I read Amazing Spider-Man number 71. Uh, this was a fun issue. Again, uh, it's part of Sinister War. Issue 2 comes out of Sinister War. Uh, or part 2 of the main series. I think on Wednesday. So I'm definitely going to pick that up. But if you want more, you're going to need it. This is one of those tie-ins where it's like, okay, no. Sinister War is not just the main book. It also encompasses the Spider-Man title as well. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, I think it's just the one Spider-Man title. Okay. And even then, honestly, like there's not much here that you need. It's it's more that it's there because uh, otherwise there wouldn't be a lot there. You know, like you, you get some context, you get some uh, you get you get some really good backstory for some of these characters. You know why they're doing things, or at least why they're acting a certain way mm -hmm. when they do the things they do in the next series. Right. But uh, if you thought the kindred was over, he ain't so much more. Sinister War should be, I think, the culmination of everything that Spencer's been doing on Spider-Man up to now. Okay. Um. So he's he's 
it's interesting how he's been kind of like putting out fires and fixing things and it felt like the whole thing his whole run was that mm-hmm. uh but this has been a, a a series where he has set up things and he is paying off those things that okay. he set up even if we only really care about two of them but i'm uh, sure some folk care about other ones well and i'm kind of impressed that he's able to weave them all together mm. that's the thing that like i really enjoy also uh you've made a fan out of me for federico vicenti vincentini and federico sabatini 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 uh these federicos are terrific and mm. uh have just a really fun kind of uh almost evocative of ryan Otley, but a little more european uh, a little more kinetic Okay. A little bit of Ramos in there, uh, but some uh, great style and really conducive to an action-oriented issue like uh, Amazing Spider-Man uh, mm. number 71. So check out that issue. If you are of a mind, if you're interested in Spider-Man, uh, I would recommend it. It's kind of fun. Okay. So that's something that I read. Um, I also read Infinite Frontier number three, which, of course, was recommended to us by Joshua Williamson, who came on the show last week to plug it a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's just more... Uh, more setup, more more questions, more clues. Did you read this one? Yeah. What'd you think? Uh, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, by the way, it's, of course, written by Josh Williamson with R by Zermanico and yeah. more. Um, yes, you actually pointed out a funny moment that I also noticed but didn't uh, think to bring up, <laughs> which was that... <laughs> Uh, there's a flash in this story, and if you can imagine, I can't remember if it was this one because I had to read issue two. Right, right, right. I think I it's this one. I had to read issue two as well because I had not had the opportunity to catch up on issue two. But yeah, there is a moment. Yeah. Maybe it is this issue. It might be. It yes, is, it is. It is. And like, it just, it just hit me just the right way. And I sent it to you, and you're yes. like, put that out there. Right. Put that out there. Um, it's. I'm trying not to like, and I was so I was like, does this give anything away? And you're like, no. And I'm like, good, good. No, good. no, no. Um, it's just that, like you know, we're we're seeing references to the past. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, we've got that old style kind yeah. of look to the comics here. You're, um, you got Jay and and Barry running, and then Jay says something to Barry that just like I was like, this is this is so funny. <laughs> they they have to know what they're doing, yes. right? Like only you can. Only you can be the hero of the multiverse needs, Barry, but you must run faster than ever before. Oh, is that what he needs to do? Yeah. For, is that what Flash needs to do? A change. For a change, he's got to run faster than he ever has. Yes. Hard to believe. Yes. And also that he is super important to the multiverse. The multiverse. But I do love that that's actually a manipulation. It's just like Barry's so used to it. You mm-hmm. bet I can. But yeah. actually, Psycho Pirate is like messing with him and using him to power a, a nefarious machine yeah it's also a main the main plot is basically that alan scott and his kids are looking for uh for jade yeah and uh, it leads them on a, on a intergalactic on a, on a quest chase yes which ends up uh coalescing with uh, roy harper who is of course an interdimensional black lantern we don't know anything more about it mm-hmm. uh roy of course bumps into a new team of interdimensionally displaced heroes mm-hmm. one of whom is jade uh but we got a we, we got some power girl finally mm-hmm. so it's just this feels like such a such a dc circa 2005 kind of book mm. but in all the right ways so I, I recommend Infinite Frontier but again don't read this issue alone you got to read issues one through th- yeah this one, would really three. you would not it wouldn't it wouldn't be great no you it's, need some of that that context that yeah. you get in the other issues you desperately need the context it's 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 vital mm-hmm. um i also want to recommend a book that i picked up uh that i read thanks to a preview copy because we, we we're we're members of the comics press so to speak shadow man number four the the or five four yeah the last issue four yeah 
Shadow Man number four, number four from uh, Colin Bunn and John Davis Hunt. It's the last issue of mm-hmm. the of the first arc, but I have it on good authority. Shadow Man will return. Mm-hmm. Uh, John's got a. Well, I, I can't talk anymore about it, but I will say that uh, the art is a, 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 one of the most like obvious triumphs of the series, mm-hmm. and that will remain. That the art will continue to be excellent yes. in the next iteration of Shadow mm-hmm. Man uh, for Volume Two. But uh, this issue is really fun. It was just you know Jack is going to I believe it's London. And he deals with yet another, like, you know, villain of the week, monster of the week from the dark, from the dead side. Uh, and this one has to do with drugs. And the art is just like, that's that's where you get John Davis Hunt, like, going for it. Right, like, right, right. Because if you're reading Hunt's uh, run on The Wildstorm, the book is insufferably boring. But the art is undisputedly excellent. Mm-hmm. But he's also given, like, very few, like, just just moments to cut loose in this when he gets a double page splash of the, just the dead side meets drug use. Mm -hmm. And it just reminds me of that high as fuck moment from saga. Yeah. But more deadly serious and more scary and, and and interesting. Mm -hmm. They're both interesting. One's played for laughs. The other one isn't. Uh, And so this was, you know, and, and, but it implies we know now who like the main villain of this is. It implies a larger story. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, on good authority that this will be bigger and Ooh. it will get more intense. And I think if you like Valiant or mm-hmm. if you've just jumped in, you will be rewarded for digging on this series. Um, yeah. And and it all wraps up with basically saying like this villain of the week thing. It, it's unsustainable. You can't you can only get like four issues out of this before it's going to get boring and stale. And th- that's kind of the meta commentary, mm-hmm. but it's going to get bigger. Right. And uh, I love that. And I, I think it's really cool that like it gets bigger and it yeah, gets yeah, cooler yeah. and you should definitely check it out. Uh, so if you haven't already Shadow Man number four, I like it. Nice. It's the best thing from Valiant I've seen in years. Um, I also read Ninjak number one. Okay. Uh, this is from a couple of weeks ago, but I forgot to reference it. Right. And I just, like, there's been a lot of like chatter about Ninjak mm-hmm. uh, returning. And uh, the only thing I'll say, like I'll give it some good and some, some bad, I guess, because okay. like, you know, that's what we do here. Um, one of the good things is that like, there is this kind of undercurrent of, I don't know. It, it does feel the most like a James Bond type story okay everybody likens ninjack to james bond probably because he's british and he works for the government and he's going on secret missions and stuff but james bond doesn't like and while james bond advertises by saying his name in every mission Mm -hmm. uh, ninjack advertises by wearing a big purple suit on every mission uh that's their that's their correlation Mm -hmm. but uh in this case uh very little ninjack in the suit uh in this issue and uh meh you know like Oh, that's kind of a neat idea. What they did was an interesting idea. Um, I uh, it's drawn by Javier Polito, whose art I can uh, not defend or enjoy at all he, on any conceivable level. I'm sorry. He is. It's it's like, an acquired taste. Subjectively speaking, it's not for me. Exactly. It like, is. It's, it like, is it's just, a completely subjective opinion. I'm not a fan. And it's never been. You know, it's not like no. this is the this is this is this is a bridge too far. No, no, no it's I've just, never been a fan. You know, and this did not do much to sway me. That's fair. 
right? And unfortunately, I think that like, you know, every artist has their strengths and their weaknesses. Some folk can do, uh, you know, everything. Adults, children, horses, cars. Some folk are really more, uh, like I love Giuseppe Camincoli's work when it's not on Spider-Man, when it's not on a monthly title. I love his work when it is done for characters that have no faces, when they're just wearing masks, or if he's drawing inorganic material like buildings. But his faces, they all have they all have same face, and I have a real issue with that. But he's got his strengths, mm -hmm. you know? Cam and Coley does an amazing job on that other History of the DC Universe book. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And those are his strengths. And his weaknesses, they're they're available. Javier Polito's art? Again, that could be... I can't some get... of it's subjective, though. But like, yes. I know that, subjectively speaking, it's not for me. Because I know there are a lot of people out there who do appreciate that style of art. Exactly. It's just not something that connects with me. No, no. But I can't. I can't defend the book. It's mm. it, it, I, I just can't look at it. <laughs> Don't like, look at it. Don't look at it. Every time I opened it, I was just like, I just can't. I just got to stop looking at this. Okay. And it was the same deal with She-Hulk. I was like, I, oh my god. Like, when my my you know my gut reaction is usually less. Uh, it, it's that, a lot more severe than my show reaction, which is hard to believe, ladies and gentlemen. But the fact is, like, I remember picking up that She-Hulk book. I think it was the one where it was the big reveal at the end of the Charles Soule run, and I was just like, this looks like a this looks like a child drawing. Like I was so I upset. okay so. I don't well, look. We got a lot of books to cover yes. today, so I don't want to get too far into it. But for me, in particular, with that book, the problem was that I connected a lot with the art on the cover. Oh my god! And so, like, because I appreciated like that, and like there was just like like I had an emotional reaction yeah. to that, and like a ooh, and then just a, such a jarring shift. It was a very jarring shift to something I really don't respond to. So right. that made it worse. Yeah, like if you love his art, stand by it and put it on the cover. Well, uh, that, that, that listen, that doesn't, doesn't always happen. That either. doesn't always happen. That that's doesn't fair. always a happen. A lot of Bagley work, just... and honestly, a lot of Bagley pencils in a lot of these these, these Spider Man books. Yeah. Uh, Amari Writer says uh, the problem is that it still isn't the kid Jonathan Kent we just we lost. Just a well written version of the Bendis aged up one. The Super Sons dynamic, decades of potential stories skipped for forced development. I hear what you're saying, man. And I promise you, we were going to get into John and the status quo and this Tom Taylor book. Uh, it is. It is the talk of the town, even if Superman normally isn't. And I think that's probably one of the strengths of this book. Nice. Is that anybody's talking about it. Well, good uh, thing I didn't read it. Yeah. Uh, I was at home. They're fine. <laughs> Mikey Jesus, uh, thank you for your perfect blend of journalistic integrity and entertainment. I tell customers to watch you often they return and by trades you cover. Well, thank you, Mikey. <gasps> Yay. And that's also good to hear. Ray. I'm glad that they're coming back to pick up the trades yes. from your shop in particular. Exactly. That's what I online. No, so not from awesome. the not from the space racer. No, buy your comics like from from local shops if you can. When you can, if you have a, lo a local comic book store, yeah, yeah, grab patronize it. Uh, but thank you, man. Um, the Therio God of Rage. Uh, happy to see you both. I was, I was literally checking to see did I say this wrong? Have you been suggesting that I say it right? The wrong like. Is this one of those names that I keep reading nope. that I'm like wrong about? No, all the time? it's not that one. Uh, happy to see you both. Happy to see you too, man. Uh, did either of you keep up with the five issue mini for Black Knight that just ended? I'm Rage like, on. I'm one issue behind. And like, I had to, I listen, folks, I had to make priorities on like when I saw the number of books, initially I thought my stack was only so big. And yeah. Then my and stack, then it got bigger. And then my stack was not so big. So I will try to talk about that next week. Okay. Um, just because I know there's a lot we got to get through and I don't want to not talk about it, but no. I, I, that one, I, I was like, you know what? We can come back to that. That's fair. That's fair. Although there were some things that I read this week too, that I was like, yeah, I could have waited on that. Mm -hmm. But you don't know. No, it's true. Uh, I will also no. plug Daredevil number uh, 32. Oh my God. I'm gonna have so many things to just plug then when we get through. I'm this. sorry. I'm sorry. Jeez. All right. You take it. No, away, no, no, no. Go. You're already talking about it. Right, Everybody well, wants to hear about Daredevil. Fine. I'll talk about Daredevil. Daredevil number 32 Daredevil. from Chip Zdarsky and Mike Hawthorne. Um, Bullseye is going nuts. He's got like a, 
you know, he's got a mission from God, so to speak. He's mm-hmm. a, he, he, you know, he's a blues brother now, but basically he's, he's shooting up the city and there's like a citywide quarantine. Great idea. Just such a good idea that like the city's on lockdown. They don't know where bullseye is. There's this big twist for bullseye that I won't reveal right now. Electra's got to deal with him. Electra versus Bullseye. Yeah. Spider-Man shows up. Daredevil's dealing with stuff. Daredevil was a self-righteous pain in the ass. The whole last like arc, because he's in jail for no good reason, now we know the reason, and it's actually justifiable. And I'm like, oh, this is all coming together. Uh, so otherwise, besides the fact that like I miss Marco Cicchetto on pencils, uh, and I know that Hawthorne is wrapping up on the series, so it's not like Cicchetto will be... <laughs> it's not like Cicchetto's leaving the book, so I'm sad. It's It's more like... Yay, Chichetto hopefully will be coming back. Uh, he's doing some great work on the covers. And he, of course, did some great work for the first several arcs of the series, uh, which I think put it on the map. I mean, like, Zadarsky's story is great, mm-hmm. but Chichetto's pencils are just so complimentary. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, the, it's just that costume alone, the Daredevil costume for Elektra. Um, but the designs and everything is just fantastic. It's a phenomenal series. Uh, oh. I love this book. I... Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see who's going to pick up because I don't think Chichetto's going to just suddenly be like, oh, I can start doing monthly books again. Like, I think either he's been doing another arc mm-hmm. or he's been just, you know, building up his time and working mm. on the covers. But uh, but I want to see more. Chichetto. That cover is great. It's a great cover. It's just a great series. Daredevil is an amazing book. That's really nice. If you haven't already picked up, uh, you should. So. But thank you uh, for everybody for for your kindness and thank you, Mikey, for for supporting us and uh, and for plugging us in your store. That's always That's so, so nice, nice to see. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, uh, digging on Daredevil, which is not a surprise by now. But uh, yeah, yeah. What uh, what what would you read? I read I read a lot. Yeah, <laughs> give me give me some uh, g- give me some 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 lightning round books. Uh, I read Shang Chi. Oh, I read Shang Chi. I've read oh, versus all whatever. I yeah. Well, it's versus the Marvel universe basically, and I I've read all three issues so far, and I've honestly have like I mean it. I've enjoyed all three issues of this. I remember you liking the first one, and that's all I heard about for a while. So yeah, well, I missed the last one at the opportunity to talk about it. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So so far, you know, we've seen Spider Man, we've seen Captain, Captain America, America, and now Wolverine. Wolverine. Um. It, I mean, intrinsically, this is a book about Shang Chi. That's who it's about. Right. It's about like what Shang Chi is doing. It's about him like reforming, uh, you know, his his family mm-hmm. and his father's like you know organization, sure. the Five Weapons, and trying to make it a force for good. Mm. And then of course running into individuals who maybe don't buy it, right? Or maybe familiar with him, but also familiar with the organization. And it's like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so in this, like, essentially, you know he and his like siblings are mm-hmm. off to like find another one of their siblings who they thought was dead. Yeah. Like they were supposed to have been killed by, you know, uh, I think brother Saber. If okay. I, if I'm correct, hopefully it's Saber. I think that's what it is. <laughs> Not sword. But right. We're talking with Wolverines. So immediately the word Saber wants to come to mind. Sure. Um, anyway, um, he was supposed to have killed this, this person, their sister. Mm-hmm. And, and he didn't, he let her go. Oh. And so he like failed the family and Shane, right. she's like, no, no, yeah, no, it's that's cool. not a failure. No, 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 no. Because like she wanted to also reform everything. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, no, no. Now's our chance to make amends. They're like, no, no, we gotta fight. No, come on. Uh, so they go out there, and like Wolverine's there, mm. and like, why is Wolverine there? Wolverine's there because he's like, I'm here to extend an invitation to a mutant. <gasps> Which one? The sister. Oh no way! They're like she's a mutant, and then they're like, yeah, Dad had a real problem with mutants, so he must have known. Mm. Uh oh. And that's why he tried to get rid of her. Cool. Okay. 
and it's 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 just interesting. It's yeah. fun. It's interesting. We do see some fighting, some some like pretty dope action going on. Here. Yeah. Um, I've just really enjoyed it. I actually am like digging like the story of like like Shang Chi's attempt at like trying to fix this like calamity that he has before him to make it like work it for good. Yeah. Um, but I'm also enjoying you know like these little like guest spots by yes. heroes, and I understand why they're doing. Oh it, sure, but they're doing but it in a clever way. They're doing it in a clever way where it doesn't just feel like. Like every issue of Darkhawk? Yeah. Guest starring Venom, guest starring Sleepwalker, guest starring Ven- uh, Spider-Man, guest yeah. starring Wolverine. Yeah, they're not really, like, they're not really, they kind of are one-off stories, but they're all connected to one another in terms of, like, building to something else. So, yeah. just honestly enjoying it. Yay! And happy to be, like, on the Shang-Chi train right now. Yeah, it was a smart move. This is actually one of the few <laughs> books for Marvel that actually is coming out that's leading <laughs> up to a release. I know, I know. It's amazing. So I'm, I'm excited. Um, Yay. So they are saying in two months, it'll be Shang-Chi versus the Fantastic Four. Oh, that's fun. Um, All right. Next month, there'll be uh, a Voices Identity where Shang-Chi will be in there. So I think that that's where their writing like, is going to be going for that okay. month. And then two months, we'll get the next uh, number four Okay. with the Fantastic Four. Cool. It's number four. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, genius. Um, Written so, by Jean Louis Yang, by the way, with yes. art by uh, DK Ruin. Uh, yes, yes. Cool. So, and the art's great. Yeah, the action's great. Art's great. I never heard of them, but they do work that I feel like I've seen before. Right? I like it a lot. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's great. Um, yay, good. What else you got? Oh, okay. Uh, I was like, wait, are we doing super chats? Are we? <laughs> oh yeah, I guess I should. Deb M says interested in the Green Knight. Morgan Le Fay seems to be important in it, and all I know about her is the Doctor Doom, and that he fancies her. That'll see him. Yeah, he's probably not going to be in the Green Knight movie. I haven't seen the trailer yet, and I was supposed to watch it a long time ago. Uh, but I know that I think the movie's coming out like soon because movies are messed up. Uh, so I will definitely check out the trailer and then I'll get back to you. Uh, there you go. God of Rage. Don't worry, Sally. You're one of the very few who say my name correctly. Either you care about the Eternals run right now. Rage on. What do you? Uh, yeah, you love Eternals. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Eternals. Then. That Why was not? Where I was going next. Um, do either of us care about it? I fit, I read all of it. I know. you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. Is this, uh, is this the end or this, is there this more? This is the end of this oh. chapter. Uh, oh. so this is written by Kieran Gillen with art by Asad Ribic. It'll be followed up by a Thanos book which makes total sense of course this is the end of this like arc so i don't really want to jump like, into the next into, one like, no i don't want to just jump into like telling you what happened oh, because I you see. haven't had a chance to That's catch fair. up and you were interested in catching up mm-hmm. um because obviously there's you know the machine like the eternals machine that yes. like, runs powers the earth is dying oh no um and that's been a like a like a like a constant struggle throughout these six issues and like what happened and why and we find out who the traitor is and they're working with thanos and okay. why are they working with thanos and like that's revealed and there's another thing that's revealed and, uh, yeah. okay cool. um is it good are you enjoying I, you it? know what's funny is i started reading the beginning of the issue and i was like well okay here we go like last issue for here or for now yeah. right and like by the end of it i was like <laughs> like more more now please Damn um right. but like that's just kieran gillen doing what kieran gillen does like crafting a really great story and then like all of a sudden it's over and you're like but i what right um so yeah so the next thing was is that like thanos book um it's thanos rises and yes. then i think there is another thing coming out as well mm. um but i really really enjoyed this um i think folk if they like had any interest in it maybe they picked up the first issue and then maybe yes. they didn't pick up anymore which might have happened uh i think you might dig it as a trade yeah like i think you might dig it as a trade something you could just sit down and and read it 
um, because it each issue calls on things or calls back to things that happen. Yeah, like, like most stories do, but this one definitely does. Right. Um. So I think it's helpful to be able to not have that those monthly gaps. Totally. For this book, for yeah. sure. Um. Yeah. It's 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 a really it's a solid ending. It's a little sad. Yay. Good. Um. But I really enjoyed it. Nice. So I'm looking forward to All seeing right. the future of the Eternals. Good for Eternals. Yeah. Uh, Mika Rappaport says uh, a lot of people are talking about John in the new issue. But my big, biggest gripe was Damien. I didn't feel like he talked the way Damien talks. He just said what Tom Taylor needed him to say. Uh, yeah, man. No, he talks exactly like Tom Taylor's Damien. He talks just like Damien from deceased. That's why he looks like the Damien from deceased. That's why he's a little older in that. Oh, really? In the image. He's not supposed to be. It's just that's, you know, he's, he just isn't it's just whatever okay. so people want that. Mm-hmm. Taylor wants that. And so that's how it is. I mean, okay. I, yeah, that's a fair gripe. It's a fair point. And Lawrence Perry says, just want to say, hey, so hey. Hi. What's up, Lawrence? Thanks a lot, man. Pre- appreciate the uh, support. What else you got? I read Cable. Yes, you did read Cable. I read Cable number 12, written by Jerry Duggan with art by Phil Noto. Wow, he did the interiors too? Yeah, Good. it's been him the whole time. No way. Presumably, this, this, is, covers this is it. This is the end of Cable? I think it's his end. And it's then... 12 issues. Yeah. Might as well um but you know how everybody was like where's old cable i've had enough of young cable blah, 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 yeah blah, blah. i don't know if that's what you actually sound like those who had that problem that was on. me but old cable <laughs> has been back and they i i it's funny i won't ruin the end okay. of eternals but i will tell you about what happens in this they kill him probably they don't they they like they kill strife oh good they take care of him like, so he, cable does die Yes. What's hilarious though is like as like Stripe is Striking. losing like horrifically. Mm-hmm. Like it's still going down. He's like, okay, all right, all right, hang on, hold on, hold on. I'm technically a mutant. I seek Krakoa, <laughs> and they're like, did no. you? No, it's like it's Young Cable and Old Cable. They're both got like you know guns to his head, and they're like, Young Cable's like, I've got a little ringing in my ear. Did you hear what he said? He said, I think he said, make it quick, and they just shoot him. And I'm that's like, awesome. Okay, yeah, that's that's funny. Neat. Um. But they realize that like there are more strife clones to be had, and like they have to like they have to fight them on two fronts basically. And so Young Cable has to go back to the future. Yeah. Yeah. Da, da, da. <laughs> All right. Bye. But yeah, but it's sad. It's really actually. Does very he say sad. goodbye to his family? He's like just goodbye to everybody dad. because okay. like he and like Esme had like A Esme thing. had like they'd broken up, but then like she realized like after getting like into Strife's mind for a moment that she understood who he was and mm. why he has to do things and why he acts the way he does. Yeah. And she's like, now that I like, it's killing me too, because I want to be with you again. And now I know I can't. Right. Because he has to leave. Yeah. And so I guess because that- this is who you are and I would never let you be like this. <laughs> <laughs> no. Cause like she realizes that like, he's so different. Like yeah. this cable's so different. Right. And I was like, Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. Um, And like when they, they say their goodbyes, he's like, I want to tell her that like, it was all worth it just to have been with her. Aww. But he's like, but I won't do that to her. Okay. And so he leaves. And then he goes and says goodbyes to his family. And it's, it's sad. Everybody's like, you know, tearful. And yeah, like, Scott's like, I hate old man Cable. I hate this guy. No, Gene gives him a big hug. And then like, you know, Scott's like, you know, what do we do to win? Right. As he's like holding his son's like, mm-hmm. you know, shoulder. And he's like, whatever it takes. He's like, there you go. Like, you got this. Aww. Like, go give him hell. <laughs> and I'm like, it's really sweet. That is sweet. Cable gives him like his arm. That he should have his cable arm. He's yeah. like, here, take this one, kid. <laughs> okay. It's you know, whatever. But then you see like a scene from another time in which it looks like Cable and Esme ended up together. Oh and it's really sweet. That's nice. She's like, Don't give the kid a hard time. I got a soft spot for him. Oh. Oh, 
it was just a very sweet little story nice. with like a quite like a, like a what are we doing with the ending kind of ending but sure. like it was nice it was nice and they put everything back so, yay yeah. that's cool <laughs> nice good for them yeah but not sure where like where we're going next but like you know we keep like ending books and then adding books so. yeah yeah it's been par for the course with marvel right now <laughs> Uh, Jay mentioned that. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Dan V900 has a review. I would recommend The Green Knight if you enjoy watching a man walk and ride a horse for a long time. No exaggeration. 30 minutes could be cut out. Cool. Can't wait. <laughs> and uh, Jay Black Knight Curse of the Ebony Blade was great. Good to hear. Yeah. I know that you've you've enjoyed what you have read and yes. looking forward to reading the rest. Of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. What else? We wanna, I guess we should talk about Strange Adventure really quick. Uh, Strange Adventures. We're really not going to get into this. No, we're not getting into the weeds with Strange Adventure number 11 of 12 from Tom King, Mitch Gerrids, and uh, Evan Shaner. This uh, this book is nuts and has been since the beginning. Mm-hmm. No, you know, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. No. It's a, it's a terrific series, and I hope everyone's reading it. I would not pick up this issue. I'd pick up 1 through 11, then you've got to wait another extra month for the re- for the final uh, conclusion? Yeah, I'm I'm What do you think? How'd you like it, by it, the way? It You know how people use like the term page turner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It literally is that. Yeah, absolutely. It is absolutely a page turner. Um and I cannot wait to see how this wraps up. No. I don't know. Me too. I also love that alien species that they introduced. Yeah. They're, they're adorable and, cr- and and scary and creepy AF. Yeah. No, they are. But I was like, "Wow, they're so pretty." And then and I'm like, okay, nope, nope, nope. Less cute. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's a triumph as usual. It, yeah, the it arts, really, you know, the, we uh, never really talk about it, but it's amazing. The art is spectacular. Both, both are killing it. Absolutely. Yeah, Garrett's and uh, Shaner. Yeah. Just working seamlessly together. Yeah, I literally, can't, I really can't wait to see how this turns out. Um, because I know for a lot of folk, like they didn't like from Mr. Miracle the like nebulous ending yes and i there's don't, no way i don't think that we're getting a nebulous ending. Yeah, we're getting here. a concrete ending um and so i would say that like if you liked conceptually what was going on mr miracle but didn't necessarily like that style of like you don't 100 know what's going on and that's interpretive. the point yeah, yeah this might be more for you because this feels like it's going to have like a, a pretty solid ending agreed so check that out um <clears throat> what else you got um I read Wonder Woman. Okay, yeah, of course you did. So, of course I read Wonder Woman. Um, this- yeah, you were worried. So here's the thing about Wonder Woman. A little preamble for this because the last run or the last arc, yes. same same creative team. Yep. But uh, which, by the way, is uh, Michael Conrad and Becky Cloonan. Yes. Uh, and Jordi Belair. But um, uh, actually, this time it's Jill Thompson. Oh. And Becky Cloonan. And Becky Cloonan, cool. Does the art. But you've been uh, you've been you loving this run but we're leaving the realm you liked mm-hmm. to see where it was going. And I remember the last issue you, you dug it, but we're kind of like in the next arc now. So how do you like it? So, okay. So this issue number uh, seven, seven, six, um, takes us to the realm of the Fae folk, yes. which like naturally I'm like, okay. 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 I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed the Avalon arc of gargoyles. And so, <laughs> <laughs> Um, so like, yeah, I mean, they change up the artist to be Jill Thompson, um, who I've seen before she worked on some Sandman stuff. She's worked on a couple of things that I've read. Yes, I've heard. Um, the name. she has a more illustrative quality to her work, but also kind of at times a little bit more of a cartoony, um, 
element to her work. And while I dig the style and I think it befits the story that they tell, I, I feel like her work isn't doesn't have that like tight consistency that you've been used to. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, like there, there's that. Um, but I got to tell you, like, you know, I, so we go to this realm, right. And the story in this issue is a little more like light feeling. A little fillery. It's not that necessarily that. Yes. Yes. And I, to be fair, it does befit the idea of the Fey realm. Cause you go to the Fey realm and it's like, you know, it's all bullshit. And <laughs> Thanks Alan. So bullshit. Um, <laughs> But it is when you think about it, you, you know, the rules are different there. If you make a promise and you break that promise, you might... we get your legs or something. You know, we get some. Yeah. Promises mm -hmm. mean everything. And, uh, you know, up is down. down Except is they down. don't have to keep their promises. No, they do. Oh, OK. But that, that they're clever. Right. It's yeah. all about being clever and a trickster. And, and you know, you, you watch out. Don't eat anything and don't do this and don't look at the sun <laughs> or don't want You know, I mean, you got to be careful. Uh -huh. So a lot of rules. You have a lot of rules and like it's whimsical or it should be. Um. But this story not only feels like a little fillery, which is ridiculous to think that because they're like, it feels like they're, they were realm hopping. At least that's what I yeah, thought. Yeah, that, that's what I thought the direction Except of the show they're was. not. They're literally, they go through here and then the last page is that she ends up on Earth. Oh. And so I was like, so we're not hopping through various oh, realms? Yeah. Like, we're not going to do that. We're not going to, like, go and, like, explore different mythos. Because I thought that was kind of cool. The yeah. idea that it's, like, she's following Janice through different myth and legend. And yeah. it's, like, that, like, as Janice is killing individuals. Right. Janice kills the queen of the Fey realm. Oh. Well, and so, like, when Wonder Woman shows up, she's accused of doing that because Janice looks like Wonder Woman, right? Right. It's kind of a standard story, right? Yes. The tone that, it, that it's written, though, makes it feel silly. Right. Yeah, it's not taking itself seriously. No, especially like, and like, I had a problem with this from the get go. Like, what, like, in this, Siegfried ends up showing up. Okay. Because he's like called to help, right? Yeah. And she has a nickname for him, and she only uses the nickname. Why? Because I, I don't know. I don't know, but it's <laughs> Siggy. Oh, and I see. She just keeps using it. And for some reason, I don't know why, but that bugs me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like it, like I've seen, makes the, I, it I've gotten feel, that feeling before. Yeah. I listen. I don't think that Wonder Woman or any character has to constantly be super serious. No. Right. Like everybody can have a bit of levity in their like in their adventure. This just it was already Reaching. at that level, and yeah. then we take it like, and I'm like, it just kind of pulled me out. Unfortunately, yeah. this That's issue, even though really it's like we're talking magic, we're talking fay, we're talking fun, illustrative sort of art, right? Really yeah. should have been up my alley. But there was just something about the tone of the story. It just didn't hit with me, That's unfortunately. Fair. So wasn't a big fan of this one. Mm. Honestly, you probably like other than the fact that like the next issue would be she's on Earth. And I think Siegfried is with her. That would be the one thing you'd be like, wait, what? Right. Otherwise, you could just probably skip this one. Yeah. You just go to the next one. Right. So. So maybe we'll do that. <laughs> That's a shame. Uh, Cubenix asks, off topic, did you see or want to see Old? Apparently it's adapted from a French graphic novel. This is an M. Night Shyamalan movie. No, of course movie. I want to see it. Yeah. Because I'm a lunatic. Right. Because No, no, sad. I really, no, because I do. A, yeah, it's about old people, but it's mm -hmm. not. It's like kind of whatever. Uh -huh. um, no, because like I can't help it. Like for good or for bad. You are in on the M. Night I Shyamalan train. I have to. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. 
don't know why there are even listen i'm one of those people where i'm like there are kind of elements of lady in the water i dig mm-hmm. yeah there are elements of that movie i dig yeah that's fair i don't necessarily like it as a whole i don't like the movie i think most of it's paul giamatti yeah well that's it right? <laughs> that's 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 what it is <laughs> um yeah so that's too bad uh i read detective comics number 1040 this is from uh mariko tamaki and dan mora Yay! I know. I'm like, oh, yay. Uh, this feels like it's been going on forever. But so like the trade is going to be like, oh, so he's in jail again. Oh, so then he gets out. Oh, so then he's in jail. Again. Oh, like there's no Batman in this book, especially not in this issue. Mm-hmm. Like Bruce Wayne, I don't think ever puts on the Batman costume, though we do get one of the best Dan Mora depictions of Batman I've ever seen. Oh. Uh, did you read any of this? Oh. I read like the first issue and then I was like, no, I mean this issue. No, because I told you that it had a big moment. Yeah. In it. You didn't read any of it yet. No. Okay. Well then I won't give it away. No, you should. It's okay. All right. Well, this has a backup in it too, Yeah. Uh, but we'll talk about the first part. This is just Bruce Wayne. Uh, you know, there's a character that's really pushing that looks like Craven the Hunter that they like that whose daughter was killed. Uh, and Bruce Wayne's the suspect. And, uh, he like, you know, he's rich, so he uses... Is Craven the Hunter? Yeah, he looks just like Craven the oh, Hunter. Oh, okay. And he, because he's rich, he can, like, use a bazooka in the middle of town and blow up the building of the... Of the he can blow up the prison trying to kill Bruce Wayne. Oh, and that's Bruce totally Batman's fine. up to fight him and then uh, just re-puts himself up. And then he basically calls Oracle and he's like, I'm done being in here. You gotta use all your... You just pull me the fuck out of here. Right. Like, just be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, great-looking uh, uh, Tiffany character here uh, in, uh, in, in form of Oracle. Um, I don't know. I just love Barbara Gordon's design. Something about it really speaks to me. Yeah. But uh, overall, you know, Batman is just, he's, he's done. He's like, just give them all the evidence they need to be done with this, please. Mm. Um, the, uh, they did not kill off the, like, I don't know. I don't know. A journalist that they invented for the story. Okay. Batman meets, well, he's in like the, the holding tank. Uh, he meets a drunk. Who's like, you're Bruce Wayne. I know that you're Batman. And Bruce is like, oh, yeah, how do you figure that? And he's like, I saw you one time. I was a janitor and I worked for this thing. There was a, It was a long time ago. You were fighting the Joker and I hid because I know when Joker's involved, I got to get the hell out of there. And I was hiding and I heard your boots on the roof that I was hiding on. And I looked and I saw you. You must have gotten something in your eye. And it shows like, you know, Batman like lift his thing. And he's like, and I saw it was Bruce Wayne. And then he sobers up like overnight while, while Bruce is in the tank and he doesn't remember the conversation. It's just a really cool scene. It's a really <laughs> well-written scene that also uh, is an excuse for us to, for us to see a full-page splash of Batman fighting the Joker. That's dope. Uh, yeah, here it is with like the old like. Oh, it's the Joker fish. Yes, it's the laughing fish episode. Or eh, it's not. It maybe he had another laughing fish. It's interesting because uh, it is, you know, what people now affectionately refer to as the uh, Neil Adams suit. Yes. Though I call it the Norm Bray Fogel suit. Okay, well, uh, but also it's not because they're using the 1989 Batman movie emblem mm. with the incorrect bat signal. Yes, yeah, so you don't uh, like don't, the extra thing. Yeah, I don't like the extra thing. But feet. this is so <laughs> great. Yeah. This page is amazing that it's worth not having Batman appear in this book <laughs> in real time. But uh, great stuff. You know, and, and fun intrigue. Also, you know, like penguins involved in the big, uh, in, in a big plan plot, if you will, to kill Bruce Wayne. Um, I just art. love looking at this art. What the hell? Dan, Mora's got it. 
Uh, so Batman uh, is... Oh, no! Man Bat died. That's the big reveal, is that Man Bat is, is dead. And uh, this... I have been out of the loop. Don't worry, he was killed in this one story by Dan Waters with art by Max Rayner. Uh, basically... Uh, this this backup story in Detective Comics yeah. ties in Justly Dark, the Man Bat book, yeah. and the Batman series. Like he, they're like, yeah, why not? Where Batman's basically like, I never liked Langstrom, and I never trusted him either. Dude experimented on himself to become a bat. That's why when Wonder Woman told me she wanted him on her little Justice League, I was like, no. But she did it anyway because she does what she wants, and supposedly. You know, last time I heard he was at like some tower in the middle of nowhere, you know, the Tower of Fate. Uh And wouldn't you know it, he came back to Gotham and he's screaming about his wife, the woman that like, you know, he won't leave alone. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he, you know, Batman confronts man. Batman's like, no, you don't understand. And he has apparently something came along with with man bat from another dimension uh-huh. and it's inside of him and it's like the that darkness within him yeah. and he it won't let him go and basically man bat like it, it kills man bat to come out and fear is the thing that feeds it it looks like a centipede it does look like a centipede yeah and batman is you know he he faces it head on and then man bat like basically uses his last ounce of strength to retain it and keep it and basically now that people know it exists it means that any fear of it will bring it back, will conjure it. Okay. So Man Bat, like, is you, know, you got to keep the secret, and so you know you can't tell Francine like why I'm dead, because she'll know about it. Okay. And then if she fears it, it will give it strength. And Batman's like, she deserves to know why her husband's dead. Like he learns to forgive Langstrom for his like monstrism, even though everyone else did like you know. He's years just mad because of the branding thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's really what it is. Well, that's fair. I mean, Batman is nothing if not a brand manager. He is a, a he's all about that branding. Brandaholic. But uh, but really cool story. I really enjoyed it. I don't normally read the backups. I don't like them. Like, but, I don't uh, normally like Man Bat. I don't really give a shit about Man Bat. I've never <laughs> I've never read a Man Bat story. I actually enjoyed. I've only seen that one episode that I really like. Right. Okay. And then there's another one where she becomes Man Bat, and that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, otherwise, you know, Man Bat whatever and i kind of but i but it's weird they were like yeah let's kill him off you know like tynan was like i got an idea for man bat and ram v's like and i'm gonna keep it going mm-hmm. and then they went oh eh, we'll just kill him in backup eh, it's fine just we, like we, dark's basically over right i mean literally just like dark is a backup in another book mm-hmm. a lesser book you might say Ooh. Uh, silvery cricket says sorry am i uh i'm late i'm stuck in, i was stuck in traffic how is black knight apparently i made all the wrong decisions this week right and i didn't no you made great decisions I did, well no i didn't because i would say that i wish i hadn't read the wonder woman book over that oh yeah well you know but what are you gonna do you know you you loved that series and i don't blame you and i'm not gonna not read the next one i just no. really didn't enjoy this last issue yeah exactly um but yeah so uh there's that what else did you read uh i read wolverine uh wolverine um i read wolverine yeah how is it written by benjamin percy yeah marked by adam kubert what hooray it looks spectacular it better um with a kubert on it like two i like this story a lot two dings mm-hmm. first thing uh cover gives away the 
the big reveal. The end, the, the end. Damn it. And like, so did the preview because mm. it immediately told us all the fact that Solemn was going to be in it. And okay. that's the reveal is that Solemn is going to be in it. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Um, right. Two. Mm-hmm. There is a moment in this book that made me so mad. Yeah. For a very specific reason. Okay. There. Okay. So here's the gist of it. This is post Hellfire Gala, right? We're dealing with the Marauder ship that got blown up with Emma Frost's brother on it mm-hmm. and had the uh, logic diamonds on it. Right. And we're going to, what oh, happened? God. What happened to the boat? Mm-hmm. So Wolverine has to go and investigate what happened to the boat. Sure. So he has to go to Madripoor. So okay. he's real upset about that. Yeah. Um, so he is investigating the boat, right? And he's like legit, like doing this little Batman thing there. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yep. Like, I got a, I got a couple of guys here. I got their rib cages broken. Finds a flask. He sniffs <laughs> it. He's like Soviet flask filled with vodka. Okay, Russians on the boat too. What were the Russians doing here? Yeah, he's I don't putting know. it together. Then he spots something in the floor. Okay, right, and he goes over to it, and what he finds is he goes. It looks like a blood splatter to me, but corrosive, acidic, cut all the way through the hull. And I was like. <gasps> This <laughs> is literally like, think about it. The Logic Diamonds came with the Shi'ar Empire. Right. Right. There was a shipment that came down with them. Yes. What if an alien egg? Accidentally yes. Xenomorph egg. I was like, yes. That is not at all what this no. is. And okay. like, I, I was like, and I knew that in my heart of hearts, I knew that's not what it was. No. But I was so mad at that moment. because I'm like, that's the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Wolverine in Madripoor chasing down an alien. Right. Yeah. That's the book. That's the mini series <laughs> called Wolverine versus Aliens. <laughs> okay well let me just get over that and then continue reading especially since marvel can't make a alien book to save their lives well i just gave you one thank you um yeah so yeah regardless what it turns out is that it's like people are being played against one another and there is like a bane looking character from araco who is a pirate who has acid blood oh that sucks. No, it doesn't. It's kind of <laughs> cool because because then Wolverine has to go to like this secret pirate graveyard thing. Okay, that's which awesome. Which is like dope looking. Yeah, it's just really great looking because Adam Hubert's drawing it. Yeah, and like he's like, of course they'd go here. It's like a bloodbath, and so he <laughs> ends up like this guy's got the most ridiculous boat ever, and Wolverine nice. jumps on like a, like a nearby jet ski thing and like challenges him. He's like, if I knock you off. Mm-hmm. You got to tell me information. Right. And like he's like, what if I win? He's like, that's not going to happen. And then Wolverine just launches himself <laughs> into him and pushes them both overboard. Nice. And like Wolverine's like, these these big guys, they, they think they're going to win with muscle. All you got to do is out-crazy them. <laughs> like, I love that. He's not wrong, by the way. That is how you win a fight. But it's it's really spectacular. There's a great there's a great image. And if like anyone ever used a bookmark ever again, I want this as a <laughs> bookmark. It's just Wolverine and this big dude, and there's just all these great whites. And it's just really pretty looking. Yeah. It's just really a spectacular looking book. Nice. Um inevitably, like they both like come to the agreement that they both won and lost. <laughs> and then they proceed to drink together and they talk they they chat it up a little bit. Yeah. The, the dude reveals the fact that he's like 
here's here's what why I'm here because like I got basically got tricked into doing this by the same guy who like screwed me over by taking my nose. He removes like his like mask, he's missing his nose. Oh, and it was solemn. Okay. And he's like, I'm gonna guess if you're here, you're just in the same boat, even if you don't know it. But, right. Like that was the reveal. It's literally the last page reveals that Solemn is involved. And I'm like, I knew Solemn was involved because Solemn's on the cover. And yeah, if you don't know who Solemn is, then you miss out on Ten of Swords, where Solemn was an Iraqi fighter yes. who came to the Ten of Swords event and then disappeared from it. Right. And came to Earth and has been wandering about. But yeah. like they, he's intrinsically tied to Wolverine. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Honestly, this book looks so good. It's worth the price to just have the images of Wolverine doing Wolverine things. Yeah. And also that one moment where you, for a second, Wolverine was in an alien movie. Uh, I was so like, damn, damn, damn. <laughs> well, maybe one day. Right. But that book is still great. Good. It is. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, really quick shout out. I just want to say uh, Vault makes this book called Barbaric. It is uh, it's good. It's a good book. It looks great. Uh, it's written, of course, by Michael Morecci with our by Nathan Gooden. If you don't know Nathan Gooden, you will. Nice. One, of them, one of them big twos is going to scoop him up and spit him out. And he is amazing. Great stuff. Awesome work. Uh, yeah. Barbaric number two. Check it out. Nice. Um, did you read Reptilian? Did you find it? No. Okay. All right. That's a, that's a nope. book that's out. Yeah, I wanted to read it. I know. And I... then I read the other thing that I knew we were pitching, like, like talking about. Yeah, that's today. right. We we're so I about had that. to make a choice. That's fair. Because I we forgot that we both forgot this. Neither of us bought it. And then I was like, wait, did you buy this? Yeah. But no. then you were like, hey, we got to talk about this other book. Yeah. So I read that book. Uh, so Girk... well, that'll be next week. That's right. Girk Pectus, have you read Howard Mackey's Mutant X? It's so hilariously bad. Electra is Havoc's girlfriend and nanny for some reason. That's because Howard Mackey. Yeah, <laughs> who's a who's a lovely man. He's such a friendly dude. He really is, and I just oh yeah. Oh, Tristan Smith. Uh, here's some change for keeping me going in my masters. Keep up the great work. I can't wait to listen to you while I teach classes at my <sighs> university. Thanks, man. Yeah, we appreciate it. Congratulations. Keep up the good work. Yes, and we look forward to seeing you in the next echelon of your life, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mike Hurtle says or hotel says thanks for your work usually i don't get to hear you live well, well thank you, you do now much. hello so thanks mark uh so yeah what else uh did you do did you do sword i did do sword good that's because so funny sword. because i was like i did something else and i just didn't see it there it is yeah um i read sword this week yep. um it's written by al ewing with art by stefano caselli which i was like uh, yeah mm -hmm. where's valero <laughs> skiti go yeah um i don't know is it still good though it's still good. Um, okay, so everybody, this is issue seven of Sword. And I think out of seven issues, three issues, four issues have been tie-ins. Yes. Yeah. What the hell is The Last Annihilation? I haven't even heard of this. It's an, it's, what do you think it's about? I mean, I get it. I'm just saying, like... It's an event that's going on in particular in space with the Guardians. Oh, my God. Again with the Guardians. And but, uh, it's Ewing's Dormammu. What? It's about Dormammu having merged with Ego. What? And so like right now, like mindless ones are pouring out on various planets. Oh, so like they're and like, so, a, like they're so the mindless the wave. Seriously, the thing about this. It sucks. Here's the thing about this. This book, this book is like totally makes sense. Yeah. That it would tie in. Right. Because it's in space. It's in space. It's in space. It's in space. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. Wiccan's mm -hmm. involved. Right. Mm -hmm. We got to get Wiccan involved somehow because his mom. Just <laughs> yes. His mom's dead. And, and, uh, and Hulkling is of course like in charge of space. <laughs> yeah. 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 So like, it makes sense. 
However, right. That's not what this book is. However, no, it is. No, a hundred percent. It is. Okay. It, it completely is. And like, it does the thing where it furthers the plot of what's going on kind of, but mm -hmm. also just deals with the, the tie in elements, but also furthers the plot. Right. Okay. Let's, let's keep that there. It feels like, because Al Ewing's writing this and Guardians, it feels like when you're in a class and the professor makes you buy your book, their book. Yes. For class. <laughs> I see. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I'm like, uh, like, I'm not like, buying totally, your Guardians book. Totally makes sense that he tied this in. But if you're not reading any of his X-Men and you want to read this event, you might, you maybe you'll buy this book as a tie-in. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just felt like it gave me those vibes where I'm like, okay. Yeah. Okay, Al. Um, sure. Yes. Does this like, you know, be like, hey, by the way, if you're not reading Guardians, mm -hmm. you, you have to read the context page and look some stuff up. Right. right? You're going to need to do that just okay. to kind of get a feel for it. Right. If you don't really care about that element of it, what you're going to get from this is the fact that it's like doom hung around post party. Yes. On Mars. Right. And has a fancy dinner with, with storm. storm. Yeah. And it's great. I've heard that. It is great. He hilariously says something though, that I've, I'd never imagine Doom saying, and yet I don't know what else you'd call it. Mm -hmm. Because, like, they're having a meal, and, like, she asks him how the bouillabaisse is. Mm. And he goes, I refuse to open my mouth grill for any dish less than magnificent, Aurora. And this is superlative, right? But I was like, your mouth <laughs> grill? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what else would I call that? But but you've never referred to it <laughs> it's before. So funny. Yeah. So funny to hear Doom say that. Yeah. Um, they have a verbal sparring match, essentially, those two. Yeah. Um, you know, he's like, you know, it's good to see you like in the, the station you should be. Finally being a queen. Yeah, and not a, a king's wife. Yes. And she's like, okay. Okay. You want to talk about our marriages? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, mm, yeah, right, yeah, well, human torch never coupled to me. He's like, we should probably he's like, we should probably just speak matters at hand. And he like breaks down what Mysterium is, the the metal, yes, the metal. completely breaks it down. And he's like, I know what it is. Oh, cool. He's like, I figured it all out. <laughs> but then he's also like, and you have like no idea what's going on in space. And then like, she's told what's going on in space. And he's like, oh, I can see why your face, you you get it now. But I'd, I'd be happy to help you and fill you in. Right. I'll and, be your like vizier. Yeah. And then she like hits him with lightning and is like, yeah, I'm good. You offer to teach me like, like how to, to crawl, but we've already learned how to fly. Uh -huh. And I'm like, okay, it, it's a pretty dope cool. conversation between them. Um, so that's what we're going to like really establish there. Is that like doom honestly has a big problem with this. Yes. He's a big problem with a lot of things. Yeah. And like, he's like intrinsically going to be involved with this. And we also have seen he's involved with Excalibur. Um, right. But also we get the fact that at the beginning, I think in guardians, Wiccan has this moment where he <sighs> says that he's like, I feel like something's wrong with someone who's close to me. Uh huh. Right. Right. At like post hellfire gala. Oh no. Oh, like he knows no one's told him. Right. And so like Hulkling has split them up. Like Wiccan is off defending one of the planets. Hulkling's defend uh, defending Hall mm -hmm. and it's not going well. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he puts everything he can into it and like, he's desperate to just save everyone he can. Yes. Like that's all he wants to do is try to keep everybody safe. But he's like, I totally failed. And like, I was in record time and you know, his accuser can't get to him. And like, yeah. she's dealing with her own crap. They, um, they bring forth, um, uh, what's his name? Not the, uh, I want to call him the guardian, but it's not the uh, captain glory. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> To help fight and he does but he like dies presumably oh no but then um 
sword shows up. Right. And they get Hulkling out of there in order to like heal him. She's like, don't worry, we can heal you pretty quickly. It'll be totally fine. Um, and like, she's like, they're like, oh, we called that to Alpha Flight and Alpha Flight didn't respond. And she's oh, like, God. that's really not a surprise. I heard about this. Yeah. Right. And like, you know, just like whatever. And then we get like the logs of Abigail Brand and I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes. This is the Abigail brand I've been waiting for. Yeah. This is the Abigail brand who's like, listen, I'm going to need all the checks and balances yep. here. I'm going to need all the favors lined up. And so she knows that she's like, listen, you know, we have relations with everybody, but basically mm-hmm. uh, the Korea empire right now. Right. Like, yeah. So we, we need to get in there. Right. And so how are we going to do that? And so what she decides is that the best way to do it is to essentially or the crease scroll, I should yeah. say, but whatever. whatever. Um, that what she does is she intercepts the alpha flight transmission. She's like, I've been doing it with all of them. Right. The reality is, like, if they called Alpha Flight, the Avengers would show up. Well, yeah, he's like, she's like, he like Gyrick would have passed it on to the Avengers because honestly, he doesn't care and he's want to deal with it. So he just send it to them. But I can't have the Avengers come charging in when I need to come charging in. Yes. Because I need to get the Cree scroll empire on my side. Also, when Hulkling's mother-in-law is revealed to be dead, I'm gonna need I'm gonna, to pull in that. Favor. I'm gonna need a little, little like leeway here. Yes. And so, like, she orchestrates the whole thing. She's like, I timed it down to the like the moment because she's got like camera set up, so yeah. she could like see what was happening, so she knew exactly when to come in right. with the cavalry. That's awesome. I was like, that's brand through and through. Yep. I mean, like, I can't like. Do I agree with that tactic? No. Mm-hmm. Do I love that in her character? Yeah. yeah. Because right. that's her being true to herself. Exactly. 100%. Yeah, that's fun. Going to get in her all kinds of trouble. <laughs> uh, it was a great issue, even though again it's a tie-in, and that's really what I'm struggling is that this book just keeps being a tie-in. Yeah. Uh, like as long as it stays alive, the trade is going to be bizarre. Yeah. It's going to be referencing gonna, all kinds of things. It's going to be about. bizarre, but yeah. So there it is. So if you're reading Sword, this one, and not anything going on with the Last Annihilation you might want to look up a little context. Like I said, read that context page. Hopefully I helped you out a little bit with that. Uh, if you're someone who's reading Guardians of the Galaxy, you might want to pick this up. It's just really well written and it's by the guy who's writing Guardians of the Galaxy as well. So maybe exactly. you might dig it. You might not get some of the other Hellfire Gala stuff, but there's lots of like Hulkling, Kree Scroll and Sword in there. So Yeah, nice. Uh, Abe Sapien helps out with a super sticker. Thank you very much, Thank Abe. Thank you. Um, the Red Samurai asks us to do Batman Earth One, Volume Three. Been waiting six years, and it's out long enough. Uh, somebody's teases for Volume Four. Yeah, we're gonna see what happens with Volume Four. Volume Three came out a few, like about two months ago, maybe less. And uh, you know, so we we're gonna cover it on the couch one day mm-hmm. when we get that team together. Uh, so thank you very much, Aussie Nerd. I always love finding new comics through your reviews. I'd love to join your Patreon when work starts up again. Doctor Strange, my favorite hero. Well, Aussie. You're in good company because yeah. uh, Doctor Strange is one of Tiffany's favorite heroes Absolutely. as well. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess we could talk about this book that came out through Comicsology, which I want to talk about Comicsology in a minute, but we will, in a, a, you know, in due time. Um, this is Astonishing Times number one from uh, Frank Barbier, Eris Quinones, and Ruari Coleman, uh, and and more. But these are names that I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, who worked on this uh, Comixology original series mm-hmm. or, well, right now it's a debut issue. Uh, I've seen some really nice write-ups for it. I've seen it all over the place. I've seen some preludes to it. Uh, of course, because I know Eris, because Eris is the face of the Variant YouTube channel, mm-hmm. one of the top 
biggest YouTube channels out there. Uh, so happy to see him making a lifelong dream come true, working yeah. with some really top tier talent. I know we know Rari, Ruari. I'm sorry, Rari. <laughs> Uh, but he's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Frank Barbier is also a uh, consummate uh, creative and professional. And he, he knows what he's on, doing. He worked on um, Five Ghosts. Exactly. A book that I actually read. And you love that book. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Enjoyed that Good book. book. Yeah. 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 Uh, so Astonishing Times. It's basically uh, a um, it's like an homage slash uh, love letter to uh, basically the comics that these people creating this series love mm-hmm. and the heroes that uh, they uh, look up to and aspire to be mm-hmm. right. This is, this is a fun little uh, book that is a, basically it's about uh, a fly on the wall character, a Jimmy Olsen, if you will, who is uh, embroiled in a mystery that ropes him into the world that he aspires to uh, defend and support. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's down his luck. He's writing a car. He's writing a column that his father, I believe created. And then he took over yep. uh, for uh, the astonishing times. And uh, basically he's like this, you know, we have gotten used to superheroes. It's a world where superheroes exist in this world. And he's like, we've gotten too used to superheroes. They're like, they're extraordinary. We live in astonishing times. That's the headline of the whole thing. Uh, but we need to start like, appreciating the fact that we live in a crazy world mm-hmm. and it's fun and it's cool and superheroes are fun. Who doesn't love superheroes? Um, he, you know, the, the world is, the world disagrees with him, including his editor in chief, mm-hmm. uh, who is going to ax the, uh, the column. He, uh, right. Which by the way, it's, he's seemingly writing for a newspaper. Yes. Still. Right. Which a is newspaper. Like, he's which already, already on the way like, down. He's already in trouble. Exactly. But he loves it. Yeah. Uh, so, um, he's given basically one month to turn it around or he's getting the ax probably going to get fired. But, uh, you know, he has a, he has a child and a wife, uh, to who, who needs him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he can't bring himself to be honest with them about the, the, you know, his head being on a chopping block, so right. to speak. And, uh, in his desperation during his desperation for inspiration, he is, uh, tapped, to investigate or assist in an investigation of uh, a, uh, a murder most foul. And uh, he gets uh, roped up in the kind of like behind the scenes drama slash murder mystery of the inner working of superheroes. Uh, here's my comparison. This is and if you want to speak in Hollywood terms, you got you to gotta slap them together. You got to take two things, put them together. Okay. This is Watchmen meets Overwatch. Oh, I wouldn't say that. I'd say this is Watchmen meets Mystery Men. Okay. Because it's that like there are heroes everywhere yeah. level. Because like in Mystery Men, regardless of their powers, they're they're everywhere. Right, they're right? Everywhere. like they're integrated into society, yes. right? But that like lived in feel, yeah, from Watchmen mm-hmm. for sure. Because like I like what I like about this is that like you have that like that like kind of like underbelly that like darkness that like lives there. Yeah, but it's not. Go- it doesn't have that edge. No, it's it a polished edge. Well, because like this character is hopeful, right? And so, like, I, I look forward to them being introduced to that darker side and their take on it. Yeah. Because it's like they have such a reverence and respect yes. for these heroes yep. and for the past that, yeah, I'm very interested to see. Yeah. Because you don't always get that. A lot of times you get, like, the down-on-your-luck person who's mm-hmm. just like, oh, see, I was right or whatever. You know what I mean? But there's hope. There's hope in this world. And I, and I like that a lot. It's me not too. just one note. But that's why it reminded me a little bit of, of Overwatch. Because, like, when we <laughs> when we meet uh, the next hero in this story, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's retired. He's 
you know he's he's underground it mm -hmm. reminded me like of the reveals like you you, you showed me like Tiffany, soldier 76 like soldier 76 yeah. like when well because you uh number one you're a big overwatch player number two you uh have i've watched the trailers for that mm -hmm. game so many times the the, the animatics like mm -hmm. the actual fmvs and uh you know the idea of like there used to be these heroes and they like they were ubiquitous with society and culture and yeah. then they went away something happened and they went away mm -hmm. and like but they can't help themselves and they gotta they gotta try and like coken is basically that where it's like i gotta keep trying yeah and, you know you're you're you were this thing and now you're not and mm -hmm. like what what happened to you yeah like the what happened to overwatch is what really like reminded me yeah of this, what uh, i like is that this guy's also just excited yeah he's like oh my god this is great i mean it's like the implication of what i'm involved in is really kind of scary and uh yeah it, it's a, it's a nice blend mm -hmm. it reminded me a lot of uh the impact comics line of uh, of heroes where it was like mm. like serious things happened but like there was a softer edge so it wasn't necessarily like the they were gonna pull the rug out from under you and be like man you're gonna think this is a superhero book but actually look at all the rape and murder and like horrible but like nonsense i don't happening. know if I'm gonna go that like, i don't think we're getting that well, i think this is yeah. gonna be just like i think murder is the worst it's gonna get which is fine because like first of all murder oh no big stakes but secondly it is about hope at the end of the day it is, but it's also, it, it seemingly is about, like, possibly about, like, not just blindly following your heroes. Yeah. Like our main character does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I dig it. Uh, I, I I dig this 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 uh, this series, or at least this first issue. And, uh, mm -hmm. I, you know, congratulations to Eris for, for, for making good. This is one of those books where it's, like, everything's kind of working. And I'm really impressed. Mm -hmm. Like, number one, it's not self-published it's a comicsology original number two they aren't like eris uh, from what i understand i don't know if eris ever actually written any more any other comics mm -hmm. i think in the backup i read and in my you know interactions with him mm -hmm. this is the first one and it's like he's working with with frank to tell the story mm -hmm. and to <clears throat> help him get a leg up and 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 tell it more cohesively and so you're getting like a polished actual comic book mm -hmm. just you know what i mean I mean, Coleman's pencils make give this book a lot of life. Yeah. Uh, I should also point out um, the colors, which I think are also helping a lot. And that's uh, Lauren Affey. Yeah, they're really uh, nice. They're nice. They're, they're nice, nice, right? Yeah. No, I and I like the uh, the newspaper uh, info pages. Yeah, because they're, they're fun. Yeah, graphically speaking, it, like again, like it's it's a polished book. Mm -hmm. Like I actually appreciate like. You know, it's for all intents and purposes self-published, mm -hmm. but it looks like a top-tier comic, yeah, and that's like great. one of those things where out there you want to make your own comic. Probably, if you read comics a lot and you enjoy this the show, mm -hmm. and like this is a good example of selling a premise, yes, debuting an issue, mm -hmm. and in terms of like arrangement, mm -hmm. like it's a it's a cohesive, well-made, industry-level quality comic book, right. So like on the on all those technical levels, it is an achievement, mm -hmm. and also it's a fun damn story. It really is. Like it's a solid mystery in in a world that actually feels lived in. Like I don't feel like we're just like you know oh this this world's brand new. It doesn't feel like that even if it is. No, and I think that that's an achievement. Well, and like you know it, when it comes to uh, self publishing or or working in this kind of arena, you know usually it's because you know a lot of a lot of folk if they're telling a story with the whole cast of original characters mm -hmm. it's like the, the only agenda here is hope 
and I think that's an agenda we can all get behind. Yeah. So I'm on board. Absolutely. Um, so congrats to them for their debut. Yes. Heard a lot of nice things about it mm -hmm. leading up to it. I'm happy to say that uh, I bought it and I dug it and I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk about comicsology for a second. How many other books do you have left? I'm, I'm done. Okay. So Scott Snyder has a, uh, an exclusivity contract with Comixology to debut a number of books under his Best Jacket Press mm -hmm. imprint. And uh, I wanted to talk to you about that because I would like to hear your opinion. We never actually talked about it. Right. And I think I teased about it last episode or last issue. Um, what was what were your thoughts on the on that deal, on that exclusivity kind of uh, deal with uh, with Scott? Because like on one hand. You got something like Astonishing Times, which is a really great like publishing initiative that is like it just got a lot of synergy going on. You mm -hmm. know, Comicsology is pushing it in a nice way uh, where it doesn't feel invasive or intrusive, and it feels like it comes from a place of like genuine creativity. Uh, and then you have like, but but also you know like I dig these creators, mm -hmm. but they're on the fringe more or less. Whereas Scott Snyder has you know, multiple awards and like, you know, he wrote Batman and everything. So, you know, then you got Scott who's doing his own thing with, with comicsology. It right. feels like night and day in terms of comparison. I, okay. So listen, I'm not like, there's like two sizes for me. I, I don't want to begrudge anybody the opportunity for like a little like hustle. You know what I mean? Like, oh, totally. Out there, he's getting, he's doing his thing. I have no doubt that he has actually has eight stories. He'd like to tell. Yeah. That doesn't, there's that doesn't. Right. I don't deny that whatsoever. I will say I, I like the idea of like a solid mixture of comicsology, like utilizing top tier talent out there. We're also getting in some new blood simultaneously because the top tier brings people in for, to try the comicsology originals. Yes. And it's like, I had a good experience with this. Maybe I might have a good experience with that. Totally. But I feel like taking up eight slots mm -hmm. is a lot. Do you feel like it's taking room away from someone else? Or do you feel like it's just that it's asking a lot to give to give Scott eight books at once. I mean, I guess it, it really, I don't, I don't know what the like budget looks like. Right. For these books. How well, it's it, his how, budget. You how know? it breaks down for like, who's paying for what. Mm. Right. Like, like is he being paid by comicsology slash Amazon to produce these? As I understand it, these are books that Scott would make with anybody. Like that Scott was going to make these books, hell mm -hmm. or high water. And that the, method for distribution that made the most sense was with comiXology but if comiXology wasn't going to play ball he would have gone to anybody else image boom uh, right. uh, dc so if that means that comiXology had a or comiXology slash amazon had a budget for that mm -hmm. then yeah i would say that it did take away from well, i think he produced these i think he produced these himself like that there is no budget from comiXology it's okay. more just you don't think he was paid to no i okay. think that i think he paid for this out of pocket Okay. Well, then it would just come down to how they feel their release schedule is. Like, if they're just like, hey, we only release X amount of titles per... Yeah, I don't think they're going to shotgun it and be like, here's everything. I... No, I mean, like, each week that they have a title or, like, coming out, like, if Scott yeah. Snyder's taking up a slot that another creator could have taken up, they're like, oh, we don't want to put another book out. We're mm -hmm. already stretching ourselves a little thin here in terms yeah. of, like, ask right. from our readers. Then, yeah, that there it could definitely take the spot. Hmm. Hmm. Uh... I don't know. I don't believe in the idea that if someone gets something, it has to get away from someone else. Like, I think that in terms of with digital publishing, at least every you could publish a thousand comics. It doesn't really matter. But don't forget that these are the guys who actually have the numbers. Right. Yeah. And so like they might know that it's like if we publish, if we put out this many, we will see diminishing returns. Mm -hmm. They may know that. Yeah. And so in that case, though, they might say like, 
well, we're going to put out the Snyder book. Right. As opposed to your book mm -hmm. or your book, right? you know, because. Well, I mean, like, and th 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 that's true. And like, no, but that's just, anyone that's can put case. anything on Comixology, but you're not going to have the full push of Comixology behind it. Like when you open up the, the website or the app, like that banner at yeah. the top being like, hey, check out the new thing. Right, right. Of course. You know, anybody could put anything up there. Well, since it's exclusive, it's going to be really pushed. Like it's yeah. going to be visible mm -hmm. as opposed to if you self-publish a book and you're gonna have to go look for it right and and i mean i will say though like i said like if i will say like i said um if <laughs> if it's just to get that name recognition to get some of these like bigger creators more known by the comic book community to check out some comicsology originals and maybe find something else there that they didn't know about or they yeah. were on the fence about um like um astonishing astonishing times yeah um for example uh then like that's a great move but it's just a lot to promise i feel like eight just sounds like a lot it sounds like a lot it does well but then you look at the creative team right it's, no i it's get Scott it Snyder it's just working people with he wants to work Greg with capullo frank avila jamal engel jock tulote francis manipal dan pinozzi and uh, this is gonna these are books are gonna be freaking amazing looking yeah like we have demons with capullo and and, and snyder on like an independent book like that's just sounds awesome. Barnstormers is my favorite. Okay. That one's got Tula Lote on art. It's a love story set like in the turn of the century about like airline or mm -hmm. about like uh pilots. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Just I loved it. Just the image alone, the, the the cover. Yeah. Uh and then everything else is like, okay, you know, for me, everything else is gravy. It's like, oh, okay, cool. But um, you know, there's I think it's cool. I really don't have a problem with it. I saw somebody saying like, I can't believe that Scott Snyder like sold out. And I'm like, what are you freaking crazy? Like, of course out. he's, he's Scott Snyder. Whoever he works with is going to be perceived by you as a sellout. Like if he went with DC, you know, that's actually less selling out because he's actually giving up more rights and money to people mm -hmm. like to a create, like to a company, you know, if he through image, mm -hmm that's all his yeah. but he's also on the hook for it you know mm -hmm. with with comicsology i'm sure they are self-amending at the very least distribution but because they're exclusivity and because the digital well it is going to print it will go to print yes it, so that would they dark were, horse right right and it the dark horse thing is just like because duh dark horse is like we will outbid everyone because we need it mm -hmm. desperately <laughs> um but yeah so you know i think it's interesting it's an interesting uh thing i don't see it as a trend i don't think this is like the way things are gonna go i, think I gotta on. be you know what i'm the most surprised by mm. the most surprised by is that one of those wasn't a boom book i think that all of these would be boom books if it I, weren't for I, the fact I, that I feel like, like boom would have been like you may have one right we're not publishing eight books by you guys that's true but Pick i can also one. see I, i'm i'm shocked well i think that i think that scott wants to keep it all cohesive you know what i mean like one publisher all these books maybe oh do you think he went to you think he went to dc and tried to pitch a hill house yeah like a scott snyder imprint yeah best jacket through through dc i don't think so and the only reason why i don't think so is, is because if he did that he gotta cut he, i gotta cut it with that's you. true i can cut i can i could always do that like i feel like he could always make that deal and dc will take a wider percentage whereas if this you know they know he could always go to DC oh, where it's sure. like, Oh, you know what? Like, actually I'm going to take 75, 85, 90% because I know that, you know, I could go with DC. And if you want any 
amount you'll make the deal with me I mean, it could also be depending on how these stories um are formatted and 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 such and how they read they could also be pitches oh they're all pitches there's no question they're all pitches so she, and, you're talking about them could be connected to amazon oh yeah well that's the thing is that i'm assuming that amazon has and i think he's actually said this that amazon has first refusal on all these books to option them mm -hmm. which like oh no amazon you mean that thing that everyone has <laughs> that has a literal streaming service attached to mm -hmm. it? Yeah, no shit. Like, and you know what? I don't think Amazon will put will will make shows out of all of these. No, but they might make they'll one. make at least one, and then Scott will take them to everybody else. Mm -hmm. Netflix, you know, HBO Max, whatever. Yeah, but so. yeah. So uh, it's interesting, right? Yes. Um, Joe. Uh, Joey Amorim says, Hey guys, what up, Joey? Hi. Thanks a lot for your support and everything. Uh, so Superman, right? Uh, Superman number one from, uh, uh Tom Taylor. Actually, I'm I sorry. forgot we had books to talk about. We have one more and it's Superman, <laughs> son of Kal-El. And it okay. is, of course, uh, it is written by Tom Taylor. Uh, God, who did the art here? Zoom in on this thing. Okay. Uh, John Timms. Which is a name I did not recognize immediately. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Tom Taylor, John Timms. Uh, so for, for all intents and purposes, you know, it's a new, it's, it's a debut of a new series. Uh, we've been hearing about this forever, ever since they announced uh, Future State. Mm -hmm. You know, we knew that John was going to take over as Superman. And we didn't really hear any kind of discussion about why or whether that was just a future state idea or whether that was the plan from here on out. Mm -hmm. And I've been talking about this forever. The fact that like future state may have been a retooled 5g, but money was spent and decisions were made that were within that, that basically encompassed two years. Mm -hmm. And some of those things can't be undone or at the very least can't be undrawn and paid for. And I, I think Son of Kal-El is one of those books where it's like, we were always going to usher, we were going to shunt Clark away. Yeah. And we were going to have John ascend to Superman status for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And even though it doesn't really line up with any of the other books or Infinite Frontier or literally whatever, we're going to do it anyway mm -hmm. because we did it. And so here it is. Um, this is a really, really lovely Superman book. Okay. Right, it, it's a it's a really lovely Superman book. It retells you a new re rebirth version of John's birth, uh, which kind of marries the two, you know, the convergence birth and mm -hmm. the rebirth birth into a new rebirth birth, where uh, John was born in the fortress, but two Superman and Lois, Bat Batman and the Justice League, like facilitated, you know, it's uh, you know, his protection mm -hmm. and uh, um. You know, and then we get a, 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 a basically a, a Superman story mm -hmm. where you know John saves the day. Uh, there's a dude with new powers who's set in, who's who's combustible, and the U.S. government or the military is going to kill him, and he's stressed out. And John diffuses the, the, the situation with compassion, like Superman would. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, he doesn't know how to solve this problem. This guy is combustible. Uh, the U.S. government says they know what to do, so he kind of hands them over. But then, uh, you know, they mistreat him, and so he has to get involved, and he doesn't know what to do. So he goes to his best friend, Damien, who is in the middle of a Robin book that Josh Williamson's writing, 
And Damien, like they've said in the comments, basically acts like Tom Taylor's Damien from DC's. Okay. And I kind of dug it because it's, it, it, it acclimates you. You know exactly where and when this book takes place. Mm -hmm. I think this will probably be the only John interaction with Damien uh, on the Robin run. But uh, we'll see. But basically, Damien gives John some cogent, level-headed, kind, uh, compassionate advice. And then the book ends. And it's like, I guess that is kind of antith antithetical to who Damien is. But whatever. You know what? They're friends. And John can be Damien can be vulnerable in front of John, despite the fact they have like a significant age difference. Despite the fact that the art looks totally different and mm -hmm. that they don't look like they have an age difference. So, uh, yeah. It, this, this story, the concept, if you, if you will, of Superman diffusing a situation with compassion... Clark could have done that at any point. Mm -hmm. uh, and that he like doubts his decision. He second guesses himself. Yep. Superman does that. Yeah. Absolutely. And Superman goes to a bat character to ask for counsel because he's a human being with boots on the ground. Yep. Clark could have done that. Um, um, Taylor gets Superman and he understands how to depict him and make him interesting and compassionate and like not contradictory to his nature. Um, he also does a nice job of like kind of continuity fixing, continuity proofing the book. Mm -hmm. um, overall, the art's great, and the story is, eh, you know, you it's it's one part continuity refix, it's one part mini story, and then it's one part conversation. So okay. like, there's not really like a story; it's mm -hmm. just more like a little a little series of vignettes. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, at the end of the day, my question is, why does this book exist? Like, what is DC's issue here? Because DC had something with John. And we know that the previous administration, or at the very least one member of that administration, had a real problem with aging these characters, and with John especially, mm. and with John being a kid. Mm -hmm. And that even after that person's ousting, the new guy they brought in from the other company aged him up and made him a different character. Mm -hmm. And no one really understood why they did that. Right. And nobody really did anything interesting with that, no. despite that creative decision. Right. That they had years of potential with this young character, but mm -hmm. refused to do it and instead changed it to something totally different. And so my question is like, what's going on at DC that makes them feel this way? Like, why did they do this? And everything that they have done since then has been almost deliberately contrary to the natural decision, which would be to de-age the character. Mm -hmm. Like, just just from a sales perspective, you know? Right. You don't need two Supermen running around. I, you know, I Spider-Verse be damned. You don't need redundancies bouncing around. A Council of Supermen is not a great idea. At the very least, it's not a very interesting one. Mm. And if you feel like your character, your Mickey Mouse, so to speak, is old and busted and not very, like, you know, relatable, you don't know what to do with that character. You don't take him out of the situation where he's never been in, like raising a kid who has superpowers and get two books out of it at least, one about the kid and one about the adult who's raising the kid. Mm -hmm. You instead then age up the, that child and make two Superman books. Mm -hmm. So now you've made your main Superman book, which already you've established can't sell very well, irrelevant. You know, you've made it redundant because this book is just about Superman being Superman. You know, John behaving like Clark. Who cares? Like, why? That's not interesting to me. It's not interesting to me to see a character who's artificially aged up, who doesn't have the decades of experience, or even even just 
multiple years, less than five years worth, less mm -hmm. than three years worth of, of existence. You know, it just seems like, why? Like, why? It's such a weird decision to shoot yourself in the foot creatively, to hamstring your creators. Maybe that, maybe, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm yelling at clouds. Maybe it sounds, maybe I'm sounding like people when they married Spider-Man. I'm like, why would you do that? You know, Spider-Man mm -hmm. is and always has been Archie Andrews. And he has to have dates with multiple characters. And when you hamstring him like this, you know, you when you marry him to one person, you have, you have no stories to tell with this character. I should know. I've been married for 25 years and I don't have any stories or any new experiences with my wife. Right. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm willing to admit that I might be completely off base here, but it feels like from the prevailing opinion that DC has some kind of weird, and this is not out of character for DC to have a weird agenda about certain characters yeah. that are artificially pushed in a direction that doesn't jive with the audience at large. And I say these things not to like satisfy my own ego and to complain on my own show, but more because people, when it comes to comic books, are less discerning than others and it makes me frustrated because they're like <laughs> well this is great and it's like of course it's great tom taylor wrote it he's a good writer but should it exist that's fair and that's my question that's that's absolutely like, fair right like this book is superfluous because superman already exists he wasn't broken he wasn't even in a bad place he was in a better place and now you have a character you don't know like you don't know him because he's not the same character he was. Mm -hmm. He's a blank slate for any for any creator to do whatever they want with them. Mm -hmm. You know, and you like Tom Taylor's version of him because you've read three volumes of Tom Taylor's John in an alternate reality. Right. So like you know what this character is according to Tom Taylor in another reality, but that's not what this character really is. Mm. And all it provides is complications. If they screw up Superman bad enough, or complicate him too much. Mm -hmm. It just takes that one complicated character to cause a crisis again, to make the publisher think they got to reset again. Cause DC is that volatile and they're not run by people who understand this company anymore. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't know. It just seems like a really weird creative decision made by non-creative people. Yeah. Well, it, it also just seems like, I mean, the fact is like these folks, these guys, they got to make money. Right. And I'm just got to yeah. make money. And I'm not just talking about DC. I'm talking about the creators themselves. Everybody's like, got to make money. They, they got to make, make money. And like, you literally have a character that it's like, it's very clear they don't know what to do with it now. And like, they don't, it seems like the idea of for them, and again, I'm talking out of my butt right mm -hmm. now, basically. So am I. Um, you know, that's but the do. fact that it's like, it, it feels like the idea of reversing this decision to them is like negative. Right. Like, it's like addressing that they failed. And it's yeah. like, you could, you could literally blame it all on the guy that you erased exclusive contracts for. Right. Over. Well, like, and it's, it's, it's just, it's just funny. Cause it's like that, that could very well be, that could be, and that could not be like at the creative level. That could not be even at the level above that. That could no. be from a totally different level. Or it's like, we don't go back. We don't. Well, I can't be made to look foolish. I can't be made to look wrong. Mm -hmm. And that that kind of ego, I can't, I'm not even gonna suggest it exists. I 
I can confirm it exists. It's either that in or, this re, in this industry and in all creative industries. Right. And I mean, it could it, look. It could be that. It could be the fact that they like the creators really just enjoy this character. Right. The way it is like they could be like, no, I do want to tell these stories. Yeah. I do have stories to tell. And like, well, then where the hell are they? But that would be. <laughs> and I'll be honest, that would be nice. Right. Right. As opposed to like the more the alternative cynical version of that I have in my head that is that. They're like, okay, what about this? Right. What if we do inevitably age him down? But first we beat this character into the ground to get all the stories we can out of it. Right. Right. We run him into the ground. Because they've definitely done that. I mean, like, like I'll just we'll just make as much money as we can off of this, and then we'll make more money off the next thing. Right. Because they're like future proofing their jobs. And I'm not saying that's the creative talking. No, it's I'm not. talking at a different level. Right. I'm for, I'm just thinking like because because and you know it's funny, that's a Marvel centric idea, is what I'm thinking of, which is Marvel's like, how do I make as much money right now? Right. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I need to make a quick buck right now at the expense of literally everything else. I need to make money right now. Right some now. Some of it isn't so. And I say both companies have. But Marvel's, that's Marvel strategy. Yeah. But DC is like, well, like, I need to make money. Mm -hmm. But I can't. And I, maybe it is that they need to go Marvel with it because it used to be, well, I've got 10 years. Hell, I got five. Like, I don't need to age John down now and make all the money right now. But like, I could be fired tomorrow because in the changing climate, like today, mm -hmm. DC, like, yeah, no, I could be fired tomorrow. And so I better just make as much as I can, like you said, and, and just do this. Like it, it would take more time and effort to de-age John and get things back to the status quo. And I'd have to, I'd have to write too many emails. Right. It, I mean, it's either that or the fact that like, obviously, um, Williamson's doing something. Yeah. And so, yeah, they're like everything right now, is up does or does not matter right like right now it all matters yeah but it may not on the other side right but yeah and, and, and so maybe it's just an opportunity to try some stuff yeah like let's let's do it because josh has a plan and at the end of it john is going to be de-aged my problem, i don't know but like well i'm not saying that that's the that's the case i know josh he's been on the show he has never told me this for the record like, yeah i don't know anything about the plans for infinite frontier he has never told me and he won't but like my my problem is what if they like it like you can't let's just do everything. No, well, if they because you know what you get out of that? You get Death of Superman, you get Nightfall, you get like you know what I mean? Like you don't Well, if they like it and they see sales from it, it means someone likes it. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. No, I'm saying them. Like, what if they like it? Like yeah. what but but if your plan is to undo it at the end of an event, then you're gonna have to figure Then you out gotta you gotta make everyone happy, which is impossible to do. And so that's my thing all the time, which is like, wh why don't you just think about it? Like, just think about what, what the consequences of what you're doing are going to be six months from now. And then think, do I want to go down that road? And then it's like, and, and I really feel like most of these people who make these decisions are like, I, I appreciate you thinking that. But the reality is, I'm not walking that road. I just collect tolls from it. Like someone else is going to have to walk down that road. And I'll just make money off of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just one of those like reality check moments where it's like, oh, like you don't care because it doesn't affect you at all. Like it, you affect it, but it doesn't affect you. Like I can make John do anything and I can make the audience like I can I can I can manipulate the audience such that like they love John Kent. 19 year old Superman and the journey he goes on and how he gets drugged through the mud. But people like Tom Taylor, who are never going to write a murderous, crazy rampaging Superman for John Kent will never do, you know, and make him justifiable. And we're going to go on this journey with him. And we're going to watch him, you know, rise up and like, you know, love him as a result only to then 
invalidate all that and make him a kid well, again. Well, I okay, so you say invalidate, but if written properly, you could if on the other side yeah. Again, this is all and there's all speculation. This is all, this is all just a thought exercise. Right. If they were to do something like that, I think a lot of folk right now on this side of it would feel like that's a terrible idea because we saw that happen. Right. But if you get a narratively satisfying ending to this iteration yes. of John and then it happened, you would miss him because right. you wouldn't feel so gypped. gypped. Yeah, well, I don't use that word. Um, you wouldn't feel so stolen. From right, him, robbed. Essentially, because it's like with John, the way he was aged up was not necessarily nat- narratively satisfying to uh, I, like everyone. I think he, that child John was only a problem for someone at the top. Well, sure, no, but I'm just saying like the way it happened yeah. wasn't necessarily like clean yeah like it didn't bring that satisfaction and right. so like if it did it would still suck but at least it wouldn't be so raw mm-hmm. and so like if that were to happen again if they were able to do it in a satisfying manner yeah yeah, yeah. it would probably be like oh all right you know what i really like this and i do miss him but like it made sense yeah right but it didn't and it doesn't well if, it, if in the future oh it yeah could. but if they do it later yeah this is the, the superman son of kal-el from uh tom taylor and, you know, this book, I think, is the consequence of a number of factors, mm-hmm. like everything, like it's ever just one thing. I believe that it is the result of money spent on future state slash 5G mm-hmm. promises that were made for creative teams that don't ha- that didn't have a future after this mm-hmm. and weird ego driven decisions made by people who might not even work there anymore. It and, could. And, and that's my problem with these kinds of books is like. Just slap an Elseworlds label on it and call it a goddamn day. Like well, they don't like those imprints. I know, but they do though. They make they, they make them all the time. Them. By the time this episode ends, DC's already created three more imprints. It's not that bad. It's that bad. It's not that bad. It is exactly. It's just that the bad. DC horror one. It's just that all of them. What is Black Label? Well, it's Batman now. Right. It's Batman label. Bat label. It's Bat Label, and then they had Hill House. Yep. And there is another Hill House book coming out, but it's not written by Joe Hill, but it is a sequel to Basket Full of Heads. Yes, and is it's, that a, and is that a Hill House book? Full of Heads. Yes. Right. But then there's also DC Horror. Which is not a Hill House imprint. No, That's DC different. Horror. Anyway. So yeah, uh, the book is good, you know, but at what cost? And that's the thing, right? Like, for me, it's Superman, Son of Kal-El. Yeah, it's written well. It's by freaking Tom Taylor. It's not going to be bad. It might be not your cup of tea because art is subjective, but it's not going to be bad. And yes, is it nice and sweet and inspiring and all that stuff? Like, yeah, it's Superman. But like, there's nothing in here that couldn't have been Cal, except for the fact that like, it's a birth, but you had to retell his origin in another way Mm. in order to even tell that story. Like you had to redo everything just to get yourself to the point Mm -hmm. that we're already at. Right just it feels very artificial and very very hollow and it seems like a thing that doesn't need to exist oh all right will i am golden some of you guys have either of you tried the new icons book if so what are your thoughts on icons new suit i don't like icon in red okay i i don't like it at all uh kali frederick damien looked a bit older to me in this book yeah yeah he, he did he did he 
He was written older too. NB Yellow Paladin. I'm enjoying every super book right now from Supergirl Action and the Authority. I enjoy this new Superman book. Yeah, you do. Of course you do. It's it's engineered to be that way. Uh, he also says, for me, John represents the good part of Rebirth and aging him up was the true death of Rebirth. Yeah, Doomsday Clock was the death of Rebirth. But yeah, like that's it. That's it. Like, right? That's the thing is that like, of course you like it, you know? Well, I mean, for them, they were just saying that for them, aging up John. Yeah, but I agreed with you. Like, you know, you're not wrong. That literal literal action is interesting because it's like John was like a rebirth. Yeah, he got rebirthed out of that. Yeah, no, it's true. Dan V900, a bizarre thing is that Bendis had Superman reveal his identity to make his mark. As he said in an interview, it led to nothing interesting and was a terrible idea. Just why along with aging up John? Yeah, that's a, there's two decisions he made that didn't fix anything, that didn't really engender him to the audience. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, DC stuck to it and won't, won't undo it. Like, both those things are things that DC will have to explain at the next reboot. Well, it will. It does show that they do back their creators. The ones they spend truckloads of money on, so well. they look embarrassing to throw under the bus. Mm-hmm. Unlike Peter J. Tomasi, who they could just throw under the bus anytime they want to. Mm-hmm. Micah Jesus, uh, DC has been out of touch with, since AT&T. Art be damned. Yeah, no. I think the AT&T merger was a terrible idea at this point. Mm-hmm. But now they're under discovery or something, so who knows? Uh, Dan V900, Philip Kennedy Johnson said he wouldn't de-age John since that's disrespectful to Bendis. What about Bendis screwing over Tomasi and Gleason just week? Yeah, uh, that, that's a that's a cop out. Is what no, called. that's not necessarily a cop out. I mean, that's just saying like, while Bendis might have done that to these other creators, yeah, I, I'm not going to do that. I to don't him. want. Yeah, to I have be, more integrity. Yeah, and I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with that. No, like, I agree. You know, that's like, you know, if if like from on high, they were like DHM. He's like, I couldn't help it. I had to right. Do it. They told me to do it. But yeah. like, if he's like making that creative decision, he's like, I don't want to be that person. Yeah, and I respect that. Right. Uh, PKJ saying that is incredibly hypocritical, though, because like every creator does something to undo or invalidate the previous creator. Right. And... But it's usually not so hot on the heels right. and like not something that was so like, this is my mark making thing. Yeah. Usually except it's, like, like a little something right. or it's like years later. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like he works in the same office as this guy. Right. <laughs> well, right. They go to the I same mean, meetings. they go to they have the same Zoom calls um but yeah that's because they don't go to meetings anymore no i know but uh otherwise i mean you know those are the books let's talk about books that are coming out let's do that that we think you should pick up i think we should do that um uh sinister war number two is coming out hooray hooray i'm digging this it it's weird i didn't even see that you've at least three at the top row there i do have at least three at the top row uh hellions number 14 is coming out x-men number two is coming out the nice house on the lake number three is coming out super excited about that swamp thing number six and i'm definitely picking up savage avengers number 23 naturally at this point the only place you can get dr strange or other people's books obviously so i'm gonna do that um, the me you love in the dark number one is finally coming out. We've read, I've read both issues. Yes, I I've still read, haven't read this. I read one. issue one and two, and I'm super excited for this. Um, yeah, yep, just can't wait. Uh, Just League Infinity number two is coming out from Demetrius. It's a continuation of the Just League animated series. Uh, I liked the first one well enough. Uh, if there's less Jean monologues, I'll be a, a lifer. So I can't wait. What is this Joker presents? Uh, where's that? This is the, the Joker presents a puzzle box. I have no well, idea. Well, that's coming out too. Yeah, great. I don't even know what that's by. Uh, let's let's just look at it. I gotta know. It's from Matthew Rosenberg and Joshua Hickson. I think it's. I, I don't know what the hell it is. <laughs> Maybe it's part of that like 
black label Joker. It's just something about the GCTPD discovering a mysterious corpse. Oh no! Maybe it's the Hellraiser. Maybe. Uh, it's Pinhead. <laughs> He's coming. Uh, the Conjuring number three is coming out. I've been enjoying that that DC horror. That's book. right. Yeah. I don't know why, but I do like it. Right. Uh, and I think that may be it for you. For me. You're going by quickly, more quickly than I normally do because yeah. I am a not very. Quick well, I just reader. go by the cover image. I'm just like, who's oh, that? I'm reading the thing. I have to read the words because I, I like reading these words. <laughs> yes, that's established. That is established by me. I'm sure there's more, and that's not that. How about that? I don't promise that those are the only things I'm picking up. No, but those are just things I've been talking about right now. Exactly. And there's books that came out like <laughs> over the last couple of weeks that we haven't had a chance to talk about. That's and true. So we'll be reading those as well. But otherwise, we want to thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you so much to our support, support uh, for your support, for su for super chats, for uh, everything. Mm -hmm. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, so we'll get to you next week. But uh, otherwise, of course, there's so much more here on this channel and over on youtube.com slash comic pop. Subscribe to both. Save yourself some time. If you want to follow us more, you can also go to twitch.tv slash comic pop. Watch us play video games. You can also follow us on TikTok at comic papa, which is a thing that I hate that we do. Who uh, up with that? Uh, I did. Oh, nice. uh, Kelly Frederick, Queen Storm was one of my favorite things this week. Yeah, she's great. I uh, love her. Right? Yeah. I just like how much doom is happening. Yeah. But uh, otherwise, we want to thank you so much for hanging out with us and, of course, supporting us uh, if you want to do so more. The best way to do it, subscribe and like the videos. That's how everybody uh, at YouTube knows that people want to see more of it. So uh, thank you all for listening to our opinions, mm -hmm. and we'll see you guys next time with more. Uh, I'm Sal. I'm Tiffany. So long, everyone.